episode 34 of the shock Jacques Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network Sean St. Jacques back with you for another week of Knicks and NBA hoops talk on the posting and toasting website on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast thanks as always for listening to the podcast if you want to let us know your thoughts on the podcast or on the show itself there's a couple ways you can do that go to posting and toasting Dot com underneath the Shock Jock Knicks podcast posts and in the comments below let me know your thoughts on the Knicks on the show whatever you want to do or you can go on iTunes leave us a rating and review preferably five stars and let us know what you guys think of the show I know that's the place where it seems like no one's afraid to share their thoughts from what I've been told so and from taking a gander there from time to time as well always get some interesting comments on there and i always appreciate your guys feedback on the show thanks as always for listening the show's been doing really well uh since we started so that's that's a lot in part to you guys uh not only your faith in us the two shows but also in your love in the knicks and of the nba and of the posting and toasting site as well so it's all really much appreciated we really are grateful for your listenership and your downloads and we hope you continue to do that so thank you as always for listening to the show two parts to the show as always today uh i I was kind of debating as i do before many shows as i tell you guys uh, a lot of the time where i wanted to start this week and it's a bit of a tough week for the podcast because there's no games there's not really much to talk about uh, after the all-star break and obviously that we're starting to kick back up again as the show goes out but in the prep for the show not much to go off of this week. So there's a couple of things, I, I, you know, without putting out a post, I didn't get a chance to get out, a, a, you know, an Ask SSJ post this time. I was hoping to, but wasn't able to have time to kind of put that all together. So it's kind of been a request through social media kind of week. So a lot of people have been hitting me up on Twitter. A lot of people have been hitting me up, uh, believe it or not, it's still a thing, on Facebook. Uh, people that, that I get, you know, because I post the show on Facebook and my other social media platforms as well as instagram so a lot of my social media platforms have been getting hit up this week with some possible topics um so it's going to be a number of different things we're going to obviously we'll run through some nick's news and notes this week just in general some nick's stuff uh that we'll start the show with but later on in the show we'll we'll recap some all-star weekend stuff people want to get my thoughts on the new format for the all-star game itself and uh to get my thoughts on the controversy (laughs) in the dunk contest and i will give you my thoughts on that later on in the show and to wrap up the show uh for some reason you guys love uh the draft talk uh, and where the knicks are going to go in the draft so i'm going to give you a little more of a deep dive into some of the players i think the knicks should be looking at and some of the thoughts on teams around where the knicks are going to be picking in the draft uh, pending trades and things like that uh, on draft night where the Knicks could maybe snatch some good players and the options the Knicks will be looking at. Again, we've talked about this more on the show in previous episodes, but we're going to talk a little bit more about it. You guys seem to love the draft talk, and especially when the Knicks, you know, again, they've been starting to win some more games. And, you know, again, Mike Miller's been doing a good job overall. When you look at wins and losses since the Knicks have taken over, a lot of work to be done, obviously. The Knicks have moved up to 13th, though, in the NBA standings. That has changed a little bit their position in the draft so that's something we're certainly going to bring up later on in the show as well but first let's do a quick Knicks news whip around for the first part of the show 
today. And, and this was a kind of a a weird one, again, because there's not a lot going on in the NBA at the moment. So I guess it kind of starts off with some of the thoughts uh, from Mike Miller earlier this week talking about, you know, the, the all-star break and in a way, you know, the, the way the season has gone this season as well, and going into the home stretch and Mike Miller basically in the, in the press, and I was a little surprised that he kind of went this way. And, um, again, it was a little bit down the middle, but you know, well, I'll, I'll give you the quotes here. So Miller to the reporters at practice this week said, quote, we've got a 27 game season. It's 56 days kind of broke it down to them in that way. Where do we want to be? How do we want to feel at the end of that? That's how we talk about each game. Let's feel good about ourselves when we get done. And that's a great way of putting it. But to me, that's almost like you're saying, you know, hey, we win some games here. If we keep going down this path, we might be in the playoff mix. Now, again, he didn't say it like that. But I think the, maybe because he doesn't go the normal cookie cutter answer, you know, we're taking it game by game and, and things like that. So for me, that's kind of saying that he's got a little bit of confidence in the team. But again, you just traded Marcus Morris. But to be fair, the Knicks have still won some games when he's been injured or since he's been traded. Here's the problem. At the moment, the Knicks are seven games out of the eight spot. So again, not insurmountable. But they'd have to hop over five teams to get into the NBA playoffs. That's a big ask out of a team like this. A big ask. Especially against a team that just traded away their best player. And rightfully so. They are, at the moment, two and a half games ahead of the Hawks and the Cavs. So to me, yes, you just got an extra draft pick in the first round. But now are you tanking? Or are you going to go for this? Are you going to go for the playoffs? The Knicks, here's the good news for the Knicks. Here's the good news. The good news for the Knicks, and again, I, you know, Mike Miller is being positive here. I'm fine with that. I am fine with that. He knows where this team is at. He has enough games under his belt, and he's had some success where it's like, okay, he knows the pulse of this team. They are responding to him for the most part, and they are putting out some good performances every once in a while. That's the good part for Mike Miller and why he said this, in my opinion. The good news for the standings is that they're only a game and a half out of that 11 spot. So again, if you go on a nice little run, you win a couple of games, you could hop over Detroit and you could hop over the the Hornets. And the Knicks, by the way, in the loss column are even with the Pistons with two games in hand. So you win both those games, bam, you're already ahead of the Pistons by a game. And then, on top of that, you look at what's going on with the Bulls. The Bulls have lost six in a row. The Knicks are two games back of the Bulls. Not exactly insurmountable. The Bulls have not been playing well. They've been god-awful over the last couple of weeks. That's possible. But then you look a little higher. The Wizards are four games ahead. I, you you know, those head-to-heads look a little bit bigger now if we're talking playoffs now, huh? They look a little bit bigger. Knicks are five back in the loss column. That's pretty key here. So that's going to be tough to make up. 
And then the ultimate hurdle, I just, I mean, Orlando in eighth. There, there's seven games back in the lost column of Orlando. Orlando is pretty, is in pretty good shape, I would say, for that eighth spot right now. I'd argue they've got a decent shot of catching the Nets, who are in the seventh spot right now and likely just lost Kyrie Irving for the season. Magic, you know, could move up a little bit here potentially if they can put some wins together and look good for the playoffs because you got the Bulls are struggling Im- immensely at the moment. And the Wizards, who, again, have had some good games and had some good runs this season, but, my God, I can't imagine they can sustain it to the end of the season. Does that open the door for the Knicks? I I don't know. It could, but then why'd you trade Marcus Morris, I guess is my question. You want the draft picks. That's more important for this season than where the Knicks finish. Then it gets dicey because what if the Knicks actually make up some ground here? Should we be rooting for the Knicks? I guess is my question. Should we want the Knicks to to get ahead of the Pistons and get ahead of the Hornets and get ahead of the Bulls? I don't know that we do. Because the better they get, the worse that first pick is in the draft. And the worse your chances are of getting a high a high pick in the draft. Remember the Knicks had the worst record in the NBA last year, they got the third pick. It's a whole different ball game now at the lottery. It really is a lottery now. You don't know where you're going to be. You get an idea, you get a decent idea, but you could be in one of three or four spots now, depending on where you start off with as, your, as, your, as far as your percentages go. It's a dangerous game to play. It is. I, listen... I'm all for wins. I want to see the Knicks do well. But again, you know, teams fall into this trap where you don't commit to the plan. You see an opening and it's like, hey, you know, can we get to the playoffs? It, it, again, I'm not the Knicks front office. The Knicks front office has been shaken up now, of course, with Rose in and Mills out. But for now, I look at this team and I think, I, I don't think they're going to get to the playoffs. I don't know why you would why you would think that. Now, to be fair to Mike Miller, he's not saying that. He's saying we want to be happy with where we're at at the end of the season. So, what is that? What is that for them? For the players, twenty-seven games to go. I, I the only happy thing for me would be the playoffs, right? For the front office, I, I don't know if that's the best thing because then again. There's a very good chance the Knicks are not going to make the playoffs. A very good chance of that. And if you're sitting there ninth or 10th in the East at the end of the season and you're not in the playoffs, now you're like, oh my God. We didn't make the playoffs and now we have to pick at best, potentially, 8th or ninth. Maybe at the, you know, from there, from that percentage, maybe the best you get is 6th. I don't know about that. I do not know. I do not know about that. I don't think I'd be on board with that at all. Now, again, we'll get to what that could mean for the Knicks draft choices later on in the show. But for the rest of this Knicks season, you're playing a dangerous game there. Very interesting stuff for Mike Miller because you, you can really, you could take it and you're like, all right, well, what does that mean? What, you know, how do we run with that? 
So it, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, Mike Miller. I, listen, I love what Mike Miller said later on in the in the press conference. He says we got confidence in all the guys. The guys have had good opportunities. They've gotten into the flow. They've done well. We've gotten through it. We have a lot of guys we feel good about. We have to figure out how to put these guys in the best positions in the given game. It, I, I like that a lot. End quote. By the way, end quote at the end of that, <laughs> just to make sure we're on the same page there. I, I really, I like I like where. Mike Miller's headset. And I got to tell you, I've been saying this before. He's done a lot of good things since coming in. No question about that. Now, there's been times where I've been frustrated. There's no question about that. But it's, again, this is the team you've got uh, you got under your hands right now. This is the team you have. But is this team a playoff team? Are we going to really be starting to talk about that as the season goes on? I don't think we are. So then if you're the front office, it comes down to are we going to start seeing these young guys? Are we going to start seeing these young guys play and start games every night? We're talking about Kevin Knox. We're talking about Mitchell Robinson starting consistently with R.J. Barrett. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And and you know it's funny because it feels you know I was saying this to a buddy of mine the other day. I'm like, is this a win-win for the Knicks? You know, do you go for it or you get a decent pick or you get a really good pick in the top five of the draft? And we both kind of came to the conclusion, like, it's not really a win-win because, again, the playoff, it's slim. (laughs) It's slim to none that the Knicks are going to be in the playoffs this year. It could be a massive risk going for the playoffs because then if you don't get there and there's a very good chance they won't, you're like, well, what did we do that for? What was that all for? A lower draft pick. It's a tough it's a tough decision to make but history shows you tank. I mean it just it just seems to be that way. History shows if you don't think you're going to get there, tank because you want a better draft pick. I mean that's the bottom line. Now again, you could start the season thinking this could be a playoff team and then you underachieve and then you're just stuck. But this was a Knicks team that was expected to be bad and now they're thinking, well, you know, we're not out of this yet. It's. I just look at this. You got to hop over five teams to get in. Is it impossible? The answer, of course, is no. There's a lot of games left, and you know none of the teams the Knicks have to hop over are world beaters. But I would be shocked if the Knicks got over that last hurdle. Like I could see them getting past Detroit. I could see them getting past. You know, maybe you look a little bit further up the standings. A Charlotte, a Chicago. Maybe, just maybe, even the Wizards. That's only a four-game disparity at the moment in the standings. But seven games, making up seven games, and hopping over five teams. I oh, it just doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible. I'll say this right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm sure I'll get a lot of flack for this. If the Knicks made the playoffs from here, and you might even know where I'm going here, you gotta you gotta consider Mike Miller as a long term option. I'm not saying to give him the job. I'm not saying give him the job. I'm not saying give him the job. Let me make that clear before I hear you all in the iTunes and the in the uh, in the comments section. I'm not saying give him the job, but that's a, that'd be a heck of an achievement. If he was, if he was, if he would be able to pull that off, and again, I don't think he can get it done. I don't see it. 
But, you know, if you're all in on Mike Miller, that's what has to be done for him to be in the mix for the head coaching job long term. He thinks they've got a chance, or at least he thinks they can put something together here. And, and again, I'd be I'd be all for it. The Knicks went on a big run and somehow made the playoffs. You know, I'd be at, I'd be at all the playoff games. I'm telling you that right now. I'd watch them get swept by the Bucks. I'd be there. But it's not happening. It's not happening. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. It's a tough call, but I I think you'd rather tank and then rebuild in the draft. I think that's just the way. I mean, that's the that's been the plan. That's the plan that's been put in place here. Why you get a little bit of a carrot put out there in front of you? I I don't think you take the carrot yet. I think you leave it on the string and you rebuild in the draft. And we'll get to more draft talk later on in the show. Quick on that, just a couple of quick hits as far as Nick's news. The Charles Ugly thing took another twist uh, this week. The lawsuit, remember this was from a couple of years, we're talking three years ago now. I When I first, when I, when I first reread this um, and then looked at the, the news this week, I'm, I couldn't believe my, my eyes. 2017 this happened. Feels like it was just yesterday that Charles Oakley was being thrown out of Madison Square Garden, but this happened three years ago. Back in February of 2017, that was jarring. That it's been that long, but it has been. I mean, that was that was crazy to read about. Uh, no question about that. So again, the update basically is this: Madison Square Garden came out with a statement. The basically it ends up this this ends up being a legal victory for James Dolan. The Charles Oakley lawsuit against the Knicks. Uh, which alleged defamation, assault, battery, and other allegations was dismissed in federal court. The SDNY judge ruled, quote, Oakley failed to allege a plausible legal claim that meets federal standards. And, I, you know, I feel bad for Oak. I, I really do. I, I think this was a very tough thing for him to go through. And, you know, for James Dolan, you know, again, the guy that knows a few lawyers or whatever the case may be, ends up getting a legal win out of this kind of feels tough. I, I mean, because of what Oakley went through specifically, uh, by the way, Mike Vorkanov, uh, with the, with the report there off of Twitter, I, I, I feel for Oak. I really do. And he, and he's a reporter for the athletic on that story. I, I feel, it feels bad. I just, yeah, I wish Oak could have gotten some justice for that. Now, the Daily News is reporting that Oakley's not done and he's going to continue to fight uh, Dolan legally. Uh, the quote from Oakley's attorney, Doug Wigder, told the paper, quote, Charles is not one to give up. While we are disappointed with the ruling, it's just the beginning of the fourth quarter and we are confident that we can turn this around with an appeal that we can file in the coming days. So they're going to appeal the ruling. The Knicks released a statement that I thought was just absolutely tone deaf. Tone deaf. It, it, but it's classic, it's classic sweep it under the rug kind of stuff. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, and he, I believe he took this from a press release, if, I, if memory serves, Knicks' statement on James Dolan's legal victory over Charles Oakley is, quote, this is taken a little bit out of the statement, maybe now there can be peace between us. Uh, 
ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. It's like it's like being on the playground and somebody wants your toy and they fight you tooth and nail for the toy and then once they get it and they're happy with it, oh you, you know maybe now we can be friends. No, you just took my toy. You just stole you just stole something from me. You just stole some of my dignity. Go screw yourself. Like that kind of a thing. That's got to be what Oakley's feeling right now. Like now you're reaching out an olive branch because you won the legal battle? Come on. You threw me out of my own building, the building where I fought tooth and nail for you for years, and you threw me out. Come on. So I feel for Oak. I, I really do. And again, people forget. You know, this is the same Knicks organization that told or that, that released a statement basically saying that Oakley was an alcoholic. And that, the, that was the reason he got belligerent, or belligerent. The reason he got thrown out was because he was, you know, possibly under the influence of something. Uh, just ridiculous. Oakley's denied it vehemently. There's been no proof, as far as I'm concerned, that any of that is true. And Dolan, again, you know, again, just trying to win it through the legal battle and then say, yeah, I'm good. Yep, we're, we're all set here. Not cool absolutely awful in my opinion and it just again it just doesn't make the organization look good at all and again for the fans i mean this is one of our favorite knicks I mean, when you go back to the old you know tapes here for me i didn't get a chance to you know i wasn't alive a lot during that era of the 90s knicks it's for me it's it's watching a lot of it back you know because as a kid you know you got a little bit of it but i don't remember a lot of watching it live it's a lot from watching the, the Playbacks on MSG or the highlights on YouTube and just how much they fought those teams during that era of great 90s basketball. And Oak was at the center of that. And for the way he's been treated, it's just terrible. It really is. And it's absolutely awful. It really is. And I think for the Knicks to keep handling it this way, just it, again they can't they can't win the Knicks can't win and it's it's something they're only doing to themselves and the Oakley thing it just keeps popping up uh, or these problems keep popping up for the Knicks and the Oakley thing is the latest example of that before I take a quick break just a quick uh Nick rumor Allen Houston is considered for promotion in the Knicks front office now for those that don't know and I can't imagine many people that listen to the podcast don't know this but alan houston is currently the gm of the westchester knicks in the g league and he's under consideration for promotion within the organization once leon rose officially takes over as president of basketball operations uh the new york daily news reported that the knicks front office is in flux while rose completes his commitments to his clients at the creative artists agency but houston appears safe and could see his role increase amid the potential for widespread changes. Uh, it's it's an interesting one. He's apparently being groomed for a larger role, according to the New York Daily News. And it's yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But I just I hope it's just not a PR move. I, again, I just don't trust the Knicks with this kind of stuff. I just don't. I can't do it. But, you know, Allen Houston with the G League team, from all accounts, has done pretty well for the most part. So, 
We'll see. You know, I hope they're not doing it just to say, well, there's a, there, there's a Nick we do like, and he's working high in the front office, and blah, blah, and to try to counteract the Oakley stuff. That's what that's what happens, folks, in these PR battles. You know, well, Oakley, the thing on Oakley comes up, but we're thinking about it. Hey, look over here. Forget about Oakley. We're, we're promoting Allen Houston, potentially. And then they might not, you know, will they even do it? Will, you know, will that even matter? What are they going to actually promote him to? You know, like, it's tough to decipher. So I, I keep that in mind. But if that's legitimate, I can't, I have no idea. You just don't know with this stuff. I'd be all for it. Let me take a quick break here. Let's regroup. Let's get to some good stuff, right? We'll talk some all-star game festivities. We'll talk about the dunk contest, controversy, and then more Knicks draft talk on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network after a quick break. The all-star game. How good was this? Now, for those that didn't watch, I don't blame you. Uh, From what I remember that night, a lot of good stuff on. A lot of stuff that the all-star game was going up against that night especially for me you know a college hoops guy there was some college hoops going on that night uh football junkies the very few of you that are still caring about the xfl i'm sure we're watching the xfl i think uh, i think there was some xfl that day all-star saturday night and then the all-star game on sunday i think there was some xfl i don't, I don't know the schedule but you know again more than normal that the all-star game was going up against but the all-star game did great i, I thought the format overall I think the format worked for the game itself. And I love the Kobe tributes. I love the uh, the GG tributes, the 24 and the 2, the Kobe 24 during the game hitting that mark. I, I enjoyed that part of it, but I must say the first three quarters, they were better than normal, I would say. And, I, and again, there was money on the line for the charities. And I love the kid reactions from the two charities in Chicago were priceless. They, they made that very, very fun to watch because you got to see that their reaction, how much it meant to them that the players were playing for their charities. So I, I enjoyed that for their organizations, I should say. So I really enjoyed that a lot. But it still felt like a run-of-the-mill all-star game at times for about two and a half, three quarters. However, and there's a big however here, the fourth quarter was off the charts. The fourth quarter had everything. The fourth quarter alone was the best all-star game anything in about a decade. It was off the charts good. Team Giannis, Team LeBron, it went down to the wire. It was first, I think, 157, I think. And Oh my gosh. I mean the great the great defensive plays, incredible just back and forth. It was fast, it was electric, it felt a little bit like playoff basketball at times. Guys drawing charges, Kyle Lowry drew a couple of charges, uh, arguing with the officials over calls, benches or you know, the benches were up the whole quarter. It was unbelievable. The crowd was into it. It was awesome. It was it was basically like bringing Rucker Park or, you know, bringing a Chicago park inside the United Center, and it was pickup for a good court. It was just off the charts good. It was so good in the fourth. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was unbelievably fun. Team LeBron won again, beating Team Giannis. Team Gian- 
don't get me started on Team Giannis's uh, on his drafting style for this draft. For the for the listen, he's played LeBron twice. But when you give LeBron Kawhi, and when you give LeBron AD, and when you, and I know these are teammates, but if you want to win, you got to snatch the best guys. And LeBron had the best guys. He had the he had by far the better team. And again, nothing against the talent on Team Giannis. There's a ton of good players on that team. But holy smoke, every team LeBron, at least on paper, such a, oh, you had all the closers, you had all the athletes, it was such a good squad. I mean, clearly the better of the two squads, but Team Giannis for the second year in a row, they surprised me, they kept it tight down the stretch, they had a late lead, and then as expected, Team LeBron, with all the killers they have on that team, closed it out, and they got the win, and Anthony Davis fittingly got the free throw as a Chicago native to finish the win off. The great part about the end was that both charities or both organizations still got paid. You know, it wasn't an all or nothing thing that losing uh, group for that kids organization still got $100,000. The winning group got $300,000. Great job by the NBA. That's exactly how this should have gone. They did a great job with that. And both, uh, both organizations at the least feel like winners and both sets of kids are going to remember that for the rest of their lives. And that's what that is all about. And the fan bases for all the teams and the fans of the NBA will love that fourth quarter where it was just off the charts competitive, guys arguing every call, and celebrating big time after the win, and then the kids running out on the floor for Team LeBron and celebrating with the NBA All-Stars in the middle of center court in the middle of Chicago Thank you very much. Good night. That was phenomenal. The NBA did a great job. I really thought it went well. Again, overall, there's some things that need to be tweaked. I think the first three quarters were good, not great. I thought it was kind of a boring game at times in the first three quarters, specifically that second quarter where basically I almost fell asleep. There's not much happening. There were a couple, again, every quarter had a couple of nice plays, and there was a couple of great dunks and some great passing, some three-point shooting. But it felt like a regular run-of-the-mill all-star game until the fourth where, you know, other all-star games, it's gotten competitive and things like that. Guys want to win the game. Guys want to win the MVP. Kawhi won this year's MVP, obviously from the Clippers. But this this was different. This was totally different. There was money on the line for the charities involved, and it was off-the-charts good basketball for the fourth quarter. And I, I couldn't get enough. I could, I could have watched three more quarters of that easily. It was great. And I think the NBA All-Star Game is going in the right direction. Uh, Pro Bowl, take notes. Uh, MLB All-Star Game, uh, which is you know normally up there as far as the best of them. You got you got some competition. I, I would say the NBA All-Star Game made up some ground la- uh, last weekend. So I, I think that that's something to definitely hold on to if you're the NBA. And the MLB, again, MLB normally does pretty well with their All-Star Game. You got, you got some competition still, so try to improve some things there as well. But again, I think overall, as a spectacle, the All-Star game was great. Now for the dunk contest. And this is where oh, it was going so well. It was going so well for the dunk contest until the bitter end. And let me say this right now. The field was great. The field was great. How good was Pat Connaughton. I, I wish they could have given him a couple more dunks. He was so good. I, I thought Pat Connaughton 
really brought it, and his creativity was something I was hoping for, and we got to see it. The white man can't jump first dunk was great, a great first dunk to kind of open things up, show off your athleticism. He made it on the first try, all that checked off the boxes. And then the second dunk, a 50, jumping over, I think he jumped over Giannis, hit the ball off the backboard, and then dunked it. That was insane. From the side angle, from the side angle, that was incredible. Maybe, honestly, one of the best dunks of the night. That's saying something, because the the rest of the field brought it as well. Dwight Howard got a little unlucky, I thought, with his dunks. Uh, I don't think people understand how ridiculously athletic he still is late in his career. His dunks were, again, physically really impressive, but I think his creativity was lacking a little bit more than in his previous few appearances in the dunk contest. That ended up hurting him with the judges. And him and Pat Connaughton were eliminated after round one, although I would have loved to have seen two more dunks from Pat Connaughton. I think he really could have held his own with Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, uh, what a phenomenal dunk contest from him. It, it felt like the Zach Levine dunk contest with him and Zach Levine all over again. He was pulling out some incredible dunks. Uh, the 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 I don't even know if it was a windmill. The sidewinder off the side of the backboard was my favorite of his dunks. It was unbelievable. Um, I, I thought that I think we've seen a version of that before, but that was that was crazy. Derek Jones Jr. brought it. When he he had two dunks that were off the charts that were probably better than fifties, where he dunked it between the legs over somebody. And then dunked it between the legs off the backboard over somebody. Those were, oh my God, those were off the charts. He deserved 50s for, he deserved more. There should have been a six judge on standby for an extra a 10 if, you, if they needed it. That was a 60 dunk. That second dunk was a 60 dunk. That was off the charts good. The, the, the tornado, I think Kenny Smith called it like the, the reverse tornado between the legs. That was also phenomenal as well. Although I think I've seen that dunk before i don't know if it was in college or the nba but i've seen that dunk before but his athleticism made that dunk look crazy good as well aaron gordon kept jumping over chance the rapper but every time he did it he did something crazy over the top he was great he also replicated the derrick do the derrick jones between the legs over somebody dunk later on in the contest as well to basically say yeah i could do that too <laughs> which was also great but then came the end it was all good it was it was in my opinion one of the best dunk contests in the in the last decade until the end so Derek Derek Jones Jr say that five times fast Derek Jones Jr has a great dunk at the end it wasn't what is it wasn't one of his better dunks of the night I must say it was not one of his better dunks of the night I think he just did a windmill uh from just inside the free throw line I think something like that and it's we've seen it before i hate to say that because it's so impressive but but zach levine's done that before like we've seen that before we've seen better than that from the free throw line before it was a little bit of and again this is nitpicking he was so good he was so good all night Derek jones jr he was phenomenal but for where the level i've been raised in the dunk contest and this is how it works for dunk contests if you don't take it up to the next notch with your next dunk you're going to get penalized. And he got rightfully so deducted two points for that dunk. So he got a 48 on that dunk. 
So now it's like, okay, the door's open here. Aaron Gordon, if he gets a 50, he wins the dunk contest. You're thinking, all right, what's left? What does he have left here? What can he do for the dunk contest? And he, I mean, again, you talk about taking it up to another level, and that's exactly what he did. He dunks over Taco Fall. Holy smokes. Taco Fall, for those that don't know, and if you don't know, you're not following the NBA, and that's the bottom line. You know, people that follow the NBA know who this guy is. Taco Fall is seven foot six. Seven foot six. Aaron Gordon basically gives him a, a new shave and a haircut and jumps over the top of him and dunks it over him with two hands. It's over. That's the winning dunk. That just won the dunk contest for Aaron Gordon. There's no way. There's no way you could say that Derrick Jones Jr. had a better dunk in that moment than Aaron Gordon. His dunk, and again, that's what you're comparing because you're in sudden death here. You're comparing those last two dunks. Derrick Jones Jr.'s dunk was not better than Aaron Gordon's dunk. Seven foot six or seven five. What it doesn't matter. He got over the top of him and dunked it over him clean. That was impressive. And the judges, the judges. For those that didn't see it, the judges were Dwayne Wade, a Chicago native, Common, Candace Parker, Chadwick Bozeman, Black Panther, and a lot of other great movies. And Scotty Pippen. Dwayne Wade gives him a nine for the dunk. A nine? Gave him a nine? Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. It gets worse. There's two more nines. There's two more nines. So Aaron Gordon loses the dunk contest by a point. To Derek Jones Jr. Absolute robbery. Absolute robbery, guys. It really was a robbery. There's no question about that. Aaron Gordon came out and said he was irritated and frustrated about the slam dunk contest outcome. He has every right to be. Every right. Clearly won the dunk contest. And he got absolutely robbed. I mean, there's no question about it. He got robbed. And I feel bad for him because he narrowly lost to Zach Levine. And now he's lost to Derrick Jones Jr. Basically, basically, and I have to say, because the judges dropped the ball. The judges just dropped the ball. And they gave, they put up the wrong score. I mean, there's no other way around it. They put up the wrong score, and they just handed it to Derrick Jones Jr., who, again, had a phenomenal night. But didn't deserve to win the dunk contest in the end. He just didn't. And you could see it on his face when he received the trophy. He did not think he won. He knew it. He got away with it. No question about it. And here's the worst part, you guys. Dwayne Wade gives Aaron Gordon a nine for the dunk. A terrible decision by Dwayne Wade. But it gets worse. Chadwick Bozeman gives him a nine. 
What? What? That's the problem with celebrity judges being on these things. You can't, I mean, you just don't get where the contest is going. And he gives him a nine. But that's not even, it's not even the worst one. It's not even the worst one. Common gives him a 10. Candace Parker gives him a 10. Big ups to them. They were spot on. You know what that means. Scotty Pippen gave him a nine. Scotty Pippen, what are you doing? You could have done in his prime. In his prime. No way Scotty Pippen can dunk over a seven foot six guy. How can you not appreciate that? As a former player, as, an, as a Hall of Famer, it's one of the best players of all time. And you give him a nine. Oh. And the look on Aaron Gordon's face, I was looking at it earlier. Oh my God. Said it all. You've got to be kidding me. Absolute robbery. So I feel I feel terrible for Aaron Gordon. Now you might be saying, well, Sean, it's the dunk contest. Who cares? You don't think people were caring? That, that, the dunk contest went viral on Saturday night. It was off the charts. The dunks were fantastic. The competition was great. The field was great. All four dunkers were great. But to end like that, oh gosh. And they even showed Adam Silver, the commissioner, after the the Gordon dunk over Taco Fall. And he's got his hand. He knows. He knows what's going to happen. He's like, Aaron Gordon wins. Aaron Gordon wins. And it ended up being Derek Jones Jr. And it's just it. Listen, good for Derek Jones Jr. I think he signed a deal with Puma off the back of it. Good for him. But holy smokes, Aaron Gordon was absolutely robbed. I feel, I just feel, as someone that loves the dunk contest, I've told you this before, I watch it year in and year out. I'm, I stick with it every year. I love what it could end up being every year. It was great this year again. I, I feel terrible for Aaron Gordon. I really do. Oh. But if you're the NBA, it was drama. And that's what you're looking for. So, I mean, you know, the NBA doesn't lose on the night, but the guy that should have won did lose. And Aaron Gordon uh, has to come back at some other point and try to win it again. I mean, it's just terrible that he's, you know, two, two tight, close calls. He lost them both. So I'm hoping Aaron Gordon comes back and, uh, and goes for the crown again. And uh, hopefully, I'll be rooting for him. I'm hoping he gets it done because he deserves to already have one uh, in the trophy case already. All right, let's finish up the show with something that's been heavily requested this week by you guys, which is some NBA draft talk involving the Knicks and where the draft is in general at the moment. So right now, again, Knicks right now have moved up a couple of spots in the draft at the moment because they've started to win some more games. So right now, when you're looking around the NBA, the Knicks are now starting point remember keep that in mind because this is the era of the new draft percentages in the draft lottery so the knicks can really move up and down here depending on how the how the how the ping pong balls go right now the knicks have the fifth pick they had the third pick last time we talked about this that changes some things the knicks now don't have the pick of the mill at the top of the draft however many mock drafts have the knicks picking the guy that i would want them to pick anyway that's that's the good news for the Knicks. The bad news is 
there's less chance you're going to get him now because of where you are currently in the draft. So Nick's in at five. At one, many people, this, this guy is starting to be the, not consensus number one pick, but you're starting to see this guy number one on a lot of boards. Kid Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, as I call him, Herschel Walker on a basketball court. He's getting a lot of, he's picking up a lot of steam right now. He really is. And many people think he could be the first overall pick when we get to the draft in June. LaMelo Ball, many people think he's the second pick right now in the draft. And then it gets a little murky after two. Right now, believe it or not, it's Edwards one, Ball two on a lot of draft boards around the NBA as far as the mock drafts. Then you got three players that have kind of been mixing around between three and five. Obi Toppin from Dayton, who's having a great season with the Flyers. He's a sophomore. James Wiseman, who started his season at Memphis, then got suspended. Could have came back later this season for Memphis. He decided to leave school entirely and get ready for the draft instead of coming back. And then, of course, Cole Anthony from the very down North Carolina Tar Heels this year. For those that have not been following college basketball, North Carolina is not making the tournament, and they're not going to make the NIT either. They're having that bad of a season. It's been incredible how bad of a season they've been having. However, the big bright spot is that Cole Anthony came back off an injury instead of going into the draft or preparing for the draft. So Cole Anthony's been playing, and he's been playing very well for North Carolina, despite the bad players around him at times, or the bad, I should say the bad play around him at times. Toppin, Wiseman, and Anthony have kind of been anywhere between two and five, mostly on a lot of draft boards that I've been looking at. For me, there's not many other players in the top 10 that I think the Knicks would be interested in, in my opinion. I think it's Cole Anthony, I think it's LaMelo Ball, and then I think it's either Edwards or Wiseman. I don't think anybody else in the top 10 is that interesting to the Knicks. I think the only other, just because he's a guard, Nico Mannion out of Arizona. However, and I've said this before on the show, I'm not a huge fan of Nico Mannion's game. I don't think the Knicks I don't I don't think the Knicks would love what they're getting there. I think other teams might. Like right now the Pistons would take Nico Mannion according to a couple of mock drafts that I have up right now. Maybe they think he gives them a little bit more than some of the other guards in this draft. In my opinion, again, I've seen Arizona a number of times this year. I really enjoy the way Mannion plays on the offensive end of the floor, but he's a give up on the defensive end of the floor a lot of times. And that's something that Cole Anthony brings is something on both ends of the floor. And I, I, Cole Anthony is just a playmaker. He's just a playmaker on the floor. He can fill it up in a number of different stat categories. And the kid is just a playmaker on both ends and just is going to give you all out effort in every game. I think he'd be a great pick for the Knicks. They need guard play. I, I They need depth at guard play specifically. I think Cole Anthony, who's also a New York native, would be a phenomenal pick there. If the Knicks fell a little bit, because again, if the Knicks go up, you're looking at Edwards, you're looking at Ball, you're looking at uh, Wiseman, maybe Toppin, probably not, and then Cole Anthony. If you're around five, you're probably looking at Cole Anthony, maybe Nico Mannion. I think it's a no in my opinion. And the only other guy that I think you'd be willing to take there is probably Vernon Carey Jr., but he's a, he's a power forward or a center in the NBA. He's a 6'10 guy, 265. I don't think the Knicks would be interested. As far, and I'm saying, as far as talent, those are the only other guys I would think of if the Knicks fell a little bit in the draft based on the percentages and the ping pong balls. 
Those are your options there with that pick. Then you look further down in the draft, and the Knicks have that second first-round pick uh, coming from the Clippers. Right now, that pick would be at 25 late in the first round. There's a number of options here for the Knicks. Now, again, if you've got your guard, you've picked you've picked up, let's say you pick up, in my opinion, the best-case scenario is you get Cole Anthony. You get Cole Anthony. Let's, let's keep that in mind here because if you've got your guard already, there's a good chance you're not taking Ashton Hagens. There's a good chance you're not taking Devon Dotson, and there's a good chance that you're not taking Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. Yeah, those guys are probably out of the mix. Who's Who else is in the mix? You know, do you go for a wing player? Do you go for a center? There's, there's, in my opinion, there's probably two or three options here. Number one, the Knicks would fall in love with Jordan Wara, but he's got to be there. It, 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 there's a Jordan Wara is a great player, six seven two twenty, great scorer, has some length on the defensive end. He's an, he's a great piece. He's a he's a small forward. He'd be a nice wing player to have in the NBA if you've already got your guard. But I don't know if he's going to be there at 25. There, there's some draft boards that have him as low as 24. Others that think he could be a top 20 pick. So it's it's going to be tough to to get him there. So then you look at, in my opinion, then you look at talent, regardless of position here. Because if you've got your guard, for me, Jalen Sticksmith out of Maryland is an interesting prospect. 6'10", 215. He kind of reminds me of a better offensively talented Mitchell Robinson. He's he's a lot better offensively than Robinson was in college, and he brings that defensive end of the floor because of his size and his strength. He's, he's, he's a leaper. He's a great physical guy underneath, and he can give you some points inside along with being a much better jump shooter than Mitchell Robinson. So do you look there? Do you look to strengthen there? You could. You really could. I think that's a really interesting decision that the Knicks would have to make at the end of the first round. Then you look at the second round talent because the Knicks, again, they have an early second round pick here. Where do the Knicks go there? They got a number of options, a number of options. They're high in the second round. So you start to really dive in to these different prospects in the second round and you could go anywhere here. You could pick up another guard and you could look at a Marcus Howard. You could look at a Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State. You could even maybe look at a shooting guard, a Cassius Stanley. You could look at a wing player, Sadiq Bey out of Villanova comes to mind if he comes out in this year's draft. Then you can look a little bit further down if you don't like those guards. Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. I've mentioned him before. I've mentioned Miles Powell before out of Seton Hall. Trey Jones out of Duke. Cassius Winston out of Michigan State. A lot of people are like, well, why can't the Knicks take a big in the second round? To be honest with you, I don't love the selection of bigs in the second round. Not a lot of good ones, really. Not a lot of good options here. Nick Richards out of Kentucky, work in progress, especially on the offensive end of the floor. A big work in progress. I don't think Nick fans would be jumping up and down about Nick Richards. Look at Tyler Bay from Colorado, bit of a wing power forward guy i'm i'm i love him as a college player i don't know if he's a next level guy omer yurt seven out of georgetown he's a junior he's got to go back to school 
The, the fact that I keep seeing this kid pop up on draft boards is mind-boggling to me. He's a junior. He needs, he needs another year of school under Patrick Ewing. He, he's By the way, he's hurt right now. Keep that in mind. He's, he's missed, he just missed the game yesterday against Providence with an injury. They're not sure yet when he's coming back. I, I, I think he, he's a junior. He needs one more year. He really needs one more year. And I still don't know. next. I don't even know if 2021 he's going to be a high draft pick. Many many have him mid-second round in this year's draft, probably just because of his size. There's not a lot of bigs in the second round that would be worth taking. I really don't think anybody would feel good about taking him in this draft. I don't. I just think he needs another year. You look a little bit further down for bigs. It's really getting, you're really, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. We're talking Austin Wiley out of Auburn, Steve Enoch out of Louisville. And the last, you know, major power forward prospect in this draft, at least on many boards, is Killian Tilly out of Gonzaga. And again, he's got the size. He's a great mobile big underneath. Pretty decent three-point shot if, if memory serves. But the reason I'm saying if memory serves, he's been injured for a lot of this season. He's missed two full years now of college basketball because of injuries. He's had a tough college career. And again, at times, he's been so good for Gonzaga. He's been phenomenal. But he's a big project because nobody knows that this guy can stay healthy. And fittingly, Denver, at least in a couple of the, of the mock drafts I've had, they have, a lot of people have Denver taking him, maybe because they, they he fits their style. I'll say that when he's healthy, he could easily fit Denver's style. But also... You know, Denver has had a couple of projects they've taken that have tried, they've gotten them healthy. And they're, you know, Michael Porter Jr., for example, is somebody that they've been working into the rotation a lot more this year, coming off a major injury. So maybe they think that, you know, Killian Tilly, or maybe the, you know, draft experts think Killian Tilly could work there because Denver at times are patient with their prospects. It's very interesting. But for the Knicks, I don't think you touch any of those guys. I think you look guard again in the second round and you have a ton of options a ton for me i think you look at marcus howard i think you look at miles powell i think you look at peyton pritchard or i think you look at maybe maybe a trey jones or a malachi flynn those are the five that come to mind for me because of these three reasons number one all three of those all five of them really some more some better than others can shoot the three at a high level, especially Marcus Howard and Miles Powell. Peyton Pritchard, by the way, is a heck of a three-point shooter. So those are great options to have there for that pick. And right now the Knicks have the 35th pick, which I believe is the sixth pick. Yeah. No, sorry, the, because of the uh, the draft. Yeah, so fifth pick in the second round. You look at Marcus Howard, great three-point shooter. Not good, great, not good three-point shooter, great three-point shooter. You look at him, you look at Miles Powell, Malachi Flynn's a heck of an athlete. He might go back for another year, but if he comes out, I think the Knicks will definitely look at him. Peyton Pritchard's a leader on the court, great shooter, great big game shooter. And you could throw Miles Powell into that as well. And then Trey Jones, he's he's a good, pretty good prospect. If he, if he had come out last year, it would have been a first round pick. So if he comes out this year, I, I, he could go to a pretty good team. And then Cassius Winston, if you just want a floor general, he's your guy. One or two other guys I just want to throw out there uh, for the Knicks as far as guards and forwards. Uh, Landers Nolly out of Michigan, sorry, out of Virginia Tech. 
keep an eye on him. Watch his progress with, with the Hokies the rest of the season. He's turning into a pretty good player. And Tyler Bay, mentioned him earlier, he's an outside guy. But I, I don't think the Knicks will end up going with him again just because I don't know if he's an, he's an NBA guy. One last guy, I mentioned him earlier that I really wanted to talk about a little bit more, Cassius Stanley out of Duke. Shooting guard right now, but can leap out of the gym. And I think the Knicks fans would love his energy, his athleticism, and he can shoot the rock. He's only a freshman. He might stay for another year. That's the only thing, the only reason I'm not so sure about this year's draft. He, there's a chance he stays for one more year. He's a, he's an early an early second round pick now. You might think that if he has a big year next year, he could become a first round pick. It's possible, but for right now, he's a guy because he's on the board. You know, watch out for him as well. And you're gonna watch him. He's a Duke, so you're gonna watch him a lot down the stretch during this season in college basketball. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Guys, thanks as always for listening. I sit at the top of the show. You guys are the best. Really appreciate the the, the, the work you guys do tuning, tuning in. Again, we try not to make it work for you. <laughs> we hope you enjoy the show. But I, just week in and week out, the fact that you guys listen, the numbers have been great the last couple of weeks in particular. Um, can't thank you guys enough for enjoying the show, for listening to the show and interacting with the show as well thank you as always for listening leave us a good rating and review on itunes that'd be much appreciated you can follow me on twitter at sj7 for more subscribe on itunes follow us on the postingandtoasting.com website comment there for what you'd like to see on the show if you want me to answer some questions from you guys on the show i'd like to do another ask ssj sooner rather than later let me know what you guys think and until then i will see you guys next time on the shock jock nicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.